one of probably the most understated and unappreciated gifts that God has given us is our capacity to learn, to acquire new knowledge, to, to grow in understanding, to, to develop new skills and abilities. We probably don't think of that as a gift, but it very, is, very much is a gift from God. This is a, a faculty of ours which, of course, brings so much variety and purpose and meaning to our lives. And it's something that I'm especially grateful for in my own journey. Since I joined the Missionaries of God's Love in 2008, I've been on a fairly intensive journey of learning. And that's, of course, included uh, formal education at university, studying uh, philosophy and, and theology. But it's also included a lot of informal learning. I'm constantly reading and um, a lot of on-the-job training, uh, a lot of mentoring, a lot of coaching, a lot of counselling. I've been very fortunate to have access to so many resources and, and they've all helped me to learn and to grow and to become the person I am today. But all that being said, as I reflect back on my life, it's quite clear to me that the most significant and the most important lessons have not come from the classroom. They haven't come from these brilliant books. The, the biggest insights, the most profound shifts in my life have come from particular kinds of experiences. And I suspect that the same would be true for you. I had one of these experiences recently. I was sitting with someone who is in their final weeks or, or possibly days of life. And uh, like most people who are close to death, she was unable to meet any of her own needs. She was totally helpless, vulnerable. This was another one of those difficult but profound moments where I was confronted with reality. As I was sitting there with her, I couldn't help but, but think to myself that, you know, regardless of how important or powerful or competent or wealthy a person might be in their life, it will all be taken away. And, and, and it's all pretty much useless and meaningless in the end. Sitting with this woman reminded me that what we often think is so important, the things that we often get consumed with and stressed about and worry over are often not very significant in the long run. It made me think about my own life, what really matters, and what will matter for me when I'm at that point in my journey and I'm facing my last few days. What will really matter then? This was one of those precious learning moments for me that gave me an insight that I'm unlikely to ever find in a book or even from the greatest teacher. I want to suggest to you today that this more profound kind of learning can only come from leaning into the mysteries of life, from, from, from contemplating those profound aspects uh, of our human experience like love and suffering and beauty and, of course, death. This is what our author uh, in the first reading is doing. Uh, he, the author of this book of wisdom is beholding the mystery of God. Listen to him. 
He says, who can know the intentions of God? Who can divine the will of the Lord? It's hard enough for us to work out what he's on earth. (laughs) It's hard enough to, to know what lies beyond our reach. Then how could we possibly understand what's going on in the heavens? This, of course, is true not just for the mystery of God, but for all of the mysteries in our life. We can't possibly understand the things that are profound with our our limited human understanding, with our finite minds. But what we can do in the face of mystery, what we can do is, like the author of our first reading, we can ponder the mysteries. We can humble ourselves before them. We can contemplate them. And, and when we do that, we tap into a deeper, a much more profound knowledge, a wisdom that doesn't so much come through our intellect, but it's, it's, it's a wisdom, it's a knowledge that's kind of presented to us as we sit before mystery. It, it, it's, it's given to us. The, 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 the word that um, we use for this deeper heart knowledge is revelation, right? Revelation is the wisdom that God reveals to us through his spirit. And it doesn't, you know, it's, he sort of reveals it to us deep in our hearts. It's, it's, it's like a heart knowledge. It's not something that we sort of conclude through our reason. It's presented to us in, in this deep, hidden, mysterious, profound kind of way. The, the, the writer of the first reading goes on, he says... As for your intention, who could have learnt it had you not granted wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from above? You see, it's the Spirit of God that reveals the truth of these profound mysteries to us. God gives us a wisdom. God gives us a knowledge that only God can give us. We can't work it out. In, in Catholicism, when we use the word mystery... We don't mean something that's unknown. A mystery is real and it's true, but it's so profound that it's beyond our capacity to fathom, right? It can only be given to us, presented to us by God. And this is the wisdom that really matters, right? There's lots of of wisdom available out there, lots of uh, wise people, wise sayings, wise quotes, Lots of things that we can learn. But what really makes the difference to our life is the the wisdom, the knowledge that God presents to our hearts. That's the knowledge that saves us. And thank God we don't have to be intellectual to to know this, to, to, to tap into this knowledge, right? All we need to do is to be humble. To, to, to be prepared to ponder the mysteries of life, to allow them to speak to us. In fact, Jesus uh, said that um, often our intellect can actually get in the way of this deeper knowledge. Right? It's better to be like a child, he says. Be humble, open, ready to receive. Now, when we don't behold the mysteries of life, when we don't access this deeper heart wisdom, what tends to happen is that we intellectualise our faith, right? We, we try and understand God in the same way that we try and understand everything else. And um, 
you know, that, that there's something good about that. We, we want to use the gift that God has given us to, to try and know God, right? We want to read books and go to courses and listen to Father Dan and Father Cam's homilies, right? That's a start. But if we limit our relationship with God to what we can understand, to what we can process, then effectively what we're doing is we're reducing God down to our own size. We, we make God into just another kind of thing that's a little bit bigger than we are, right? God often just becomes a, a larger version of ourselves. When God is stuck in our heads... God often just becomes another category in our lives, right? I've got work, I've got friends, I've got my study, and I've got God. This brings us to the gospel reading uh, for today. This is um, a pretty confronting teaching of Jesus, one of his most confronting. He says to me, If any man comes to me, without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sister, yes, his own life too. He cannot be my disciple. Here's Jesus' point. We can't put God in the same box as everyone else. We can't reduce God in our heads to the same kind of size (laughs) as everyone else, to the same importance as everything else. Because when we do that, God can't really make a difference in our life at all. God's far too small when he's just another category in our minds. If we want God to actually be God in our lives, he needs to be so much greater, so much more important, so much more central to anything else in our life. When Jesus says that we must hate our family, he's he's not... He's not suggesting for a second that we should love our families any less. But what he is saying is that your love for God should be disproportionate to your love for anything or anyone else, including your family. When he uses the word hate, it's just a dramatic way of saying prefer, right? You should prefer God more than any. God should be so much greater, so much more important than even your family. When he says that you must carry your cross and come after me, What he's saying is that your trust and your hope in God should be so great, should be so strong, that you're willing to accept whatever inconveniences, whatever suffering comes your way. Because you know that will pale in insignificance compared to the promise that you have in God. When he goes on and finishes today by saying that we must sell all our possessions if we want to follow him, what he's saying is that God must be so valuable to you that you're willing to let go of temporary treasures so that you can have the treasure that really counts. Can you see what Jesus is getting at here? His basic point is that if we really want God to make a difference in our life, that we need to blow God up, right? And I don't mean detonate God, but... but You know what I mean? Like, blow him up, magnify him. We need to grow in our understanding and our appreciation, hard appreciation of who God really is. We need to rip God out of our boxes and categories that we put him in and allow God to actually be God, 
to overwhelm us with his greatness and his goodness and his perfection and the fact that he's just so unknowable and beyond us, but yet so good and personal and beautiful. What I'm proposing today is that if we want to blow God up, if we want to magnify God in our lives, one very special and important and powerful way we do that is by beholding the mysteries of life, by, by leaning in to the things, that, those parts of our life that are, that are profound, contemplating them, allowing them to teach us, to speak to us, to open us more deeply to, to the mystery of God. So, for example, when you take time to contemplate the mystery of love, when you think about your love for others and what that love makes you want to do and to become, or when you think about your experience of being loved by someone else, and when you just sit with that and ponder it, then what you're doing is you are beholding the mystery of God. You're allowing that of love. You're allowing that mystery to speak to you, to teach you, in a way that you, you can never kind of get at in your mind. How can we ever explain what love is? Impossible. Here's another example. When you take time to contemplate your suffering, when you sit with your suffering, when you feel it, when you invite God into it, when you explore your suffering with, with a counsellor or with some wise person, then again, what you're doing is you're, you're beholding the mystery of that suffering rather than running from it or throwing a rug over it like we, we often like to do. Uh, you're, you're allowing that suffering, you're allowing God to present himself to you, to speak to you, to teach you through that suffering. And there you will find some wisdom you, you can never find in any book, any course, any seminar. Final example. When you take time to contemplate the beauty and the wonder of creation, when you look at a flower or a tree or, or the ocean, when you look up at night and you, you reflect and you contemplate the stars, then you will find, if you look at it, if you ponder it, if you allow it to speak to you, it, it will. It, something will happen within you. That mystery of that beauty, of that the wonder, will, will kind of capture your heart and speak to you and reveal something really important to you. And then, of course, we have the mystery of the Eucharist. We're about to take something that looks like a wafer and tastes like a wafer, and we're going to do what Jesus asked us to do. We're going to pray over it so that it becomes his presence. The power of the cross, the, 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 the power and the love of God is going to be poured into that bread and given to us so that we can receive it. Now, that is way beyond our capacity to understand, right? But what we can do is behold it. That's what I want to encourage you to do today. When you come to Eucharist, when you receive Christ, that you would open your mind and your heart to this presence which Jesus promised to give us when we gather around the table for Eucharist. Whenever we behold 
the mysteries of life. God is blown up within us and somehow change begins to take place deep within us in ways that we cannot even explain. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.